1: Hi, and welcome back
0: to the All Things Sleep and Parenting podcast. I have Pam with me. Hello, hello. And this is Elisa. And today we are talking about night
1: weaning. How and when. Hey, everyone. Thank you so much for joining us. I'm really looking forward to chatting through this topic because this is a big one. A lot of there's a lot of misconceptions about night weaning, how to go about it. You know, the ways, is it, do I have to do cold turkey? Do I have to do this? Can we do this? Can we do that? When am I supposed to be night weaning? And then there's all the things about daytime calories and and balancing day and night and all of that stuff. So there's a lot of questions about night weaning, how to go about it, your goals around night feeding and when to reduce and eliminate and all of those things. So let's jump in and start chatting about night weaning. It feels, I feel like night weaning is one of those things that feels very can feel very heavy and can feel because it's the middle of the night, we're tired. That's why we want to have a plan. And that's exactly what Elisa and I are going to chat about. That plan of being able to say, okay, this is what I'm doing tonight. This is what I'm doing tomorrow night.
0: One of the biggest misconceptions that we find a lot of families ask us about is, do you have to night wean if you're doing sleep coaching? So does sleep coaching mean I can no longer feed my baby at night? That does not have to be how it is. You can still have great sleep and have a night feed or two night feeds, depending on your little one's age. You can still get that good, predictable night sleep. Some babies get to the point and it really depends on their age, but some babies will get to the point where they won't have that consistent sleep if they're still having night feeds. But that's when you can look into If you're comfortable night weaning at that point, you can go ahead and do it.
1: Yeah, our goal when it comes to teaching independent and healthy sleep is that they can still get that sleep on board. They can still learn how to fall asleep and we can get great sleep with that overnight feeding. But it's all within reason we uh, and that's going to be kind of our next topic is how many night feeds per age should we be expecting one of the things that can become out of control very quickly is the amount of night feeding I was just reading one this morning where she had a 16 month old who feeds anywhere from three to 19 times at night throughout the night so bed sharing so it's just kind of restaurant but we know that that especially as they get older we know that that disruptive Interruptive sleep is not allowing them that consolidated great sleep that they need for rebuilding, for memories, for learning, for all of that stuff. So yes, we can get sleep on track. Yes, we can have night feeds within reason based on their age. So let's go through that. So it's going to be dependent on your family, uh, what your little one is managing and how they're doing. Some babies, three, four months old, they're done night feeding they don't need those night feeds they've gone a few nights on their own without it and they're able to do it on their own most babies um you know three four months of age they're usually having two sometimes three that three months maybe sometimes three overnight feeds around four months ideally we're getting down to those more consistent two feedings five months we're kind of fluctuating between one and two feedings ideally six months we're down to close to that one feeding overnight and then usually eight nine months we're really good to just be able to eliminate all night feedings at that point. If you're comfortable with it. That's not to say that if you have a 12 month old who's waking up, you know, at four o'clock in the morning and has having a quick little drink and then going back to bed for another two, three hours, if that's working for you, that's fine. But if your little one is eight, nine months old and they're waking two, three, four times a night, that feeding can be the challenge there.
0: Exactly. And that's the big piece there is if it's working for you and they're not waking up. So many times a night when they don't need to. If they are just having that one feed going right back to sleep, then that may not be something that you are really wanting to work on because it's not bothersome to anybody at that point. But when it does become a little bit more extreme, that is when you can really look towards what your next steps are going to be.
1: Mm-hmm. One of our biggest challenges, I think, is the balance between day calories and night calories. One of the biggest misconceptions when it comes to night feeding is needing to up those daytime calories to be able to reduce those nighttime calories. But that really is one of those things that we kind of get backwards sometimes because we can't up their daytime calories. They can only take in so many calories in a 24-hour period, whether that's day calories or night calories. But if they're getting 25 You know, say they're getting 25 calories at night and they're getting 10 calories during the day, we have to reduce those overnight calories so that we can up those daytime calories, we can't up those daytime calories and then start reducing the nighttime calories there's just they're not taking them in. So we really need to work on reducing and then that's going to be that starting piece to be able to up those daytime calories.
0: Exactly. So waiting for them to just do it on their own in the day yes. is not going to, you're going to find that you're going to get into that cycle and you're going to stay in that cycle.
1: Yes. Cause they're going to be distracted. They're not going to be eating as well during the day. They're going to, right. It's going to be pop on, pop off. It's going to be quick little feedings like that. But then those nighttime feeds are going to be relaxed and they're going to be great big feeds and so then we get into the but they eat so well at night so much better than during the day and you know all that mind internal dialogue that goes on right uh but what we really want to do is we need to reduce reduce those nighttime calories so that we can up those daytime calories it is a cycle that we get into and it's one that once we break that cycle you'll see how it starts to work but it's just it's not something that they're going to do on their own
0: perfect so now we're going to go through the how-to night lean.
1: Yes. And before we jump into this, we really want to get it out there and make it very clear that there are so many ways to night lean. Like Lisa and I are going to chat through a couple of different ways, the dream feeding versus waking to eat. We're going to chat through reducing versus cold turkey. For sure, there's many different ways. We'll briefly go over the ways that we use primarily, but know that if your situation doesn't sound like these situations or if you just aren't sure, we work through so many different ways of night weaning so that working with us, we can really help that plan and get everything organized and then offer that support from day to day. So if, as we go through these next few steps, if it feels overwhelming, if it feels like too much, if you're just not sure where to start, reach out, restfulparenting.com and we will definitely be able to support you.
0: Okay, so let's talk about night weaning. We're going to talk about partial night weaning, and we're going to talk about full night weaning. This is for those families who are ready to take that next step and cut out either all feeds, but one or cut out all feeds altogether. So let's say we have a little baby who is bottle feeding or breastfeeding, and you've got three feeds a night and your little one is six months and you want to cut them down to one feed a night. There is a way to do it where you're reducing the amount that they're getting. And the reason why we will do this with some families is because we're conditioning the baby's stomach to need less and less, and that can make the transition a little easier for some babies. Notice how I say some babies and some Mm -hmm. families, because it's not going to work for everyone. This requires you as a parent to be aware of how long. Your little one is on the breast for or how much milk is in the bottle and mm-hmm. that might not work for every family so what you're going to do here you've got a feed let's say at
1: let's say 10 two and four and five
0: okay perfect ten <laughs> two and five you've got those three feeds and you want to cut out the ten o'clock one you want to cut out the five o'clock one so that you're only keeping one feed Really, it doesn't matter which feed you cut, which ones you cut out, because if you find that it's going to work better for you the other way around and keeping the five o'clock feed and cutting out the other two is going to work better, that's okay. You can do that. The point is, is that your little one is only getting, going to be getting one feed a night. So mm-hmm. you kind of have to choose which ones you're going to cut out there and work towards those ones. So they're like waking keeping up-
1: that. Sorry, I like keeping that middle one just because it can, kind of gives them that little bit of like a six hour stretch, a feed and then a six hour stretch. But I've had many little ones who once we started reducing that first feeding and that last feeding has just started to sleep through until four o'clock in the morning and waking up for that one feed. So again, like Lisa said, <laughs> there's so many ways that this can go, but reducing and yeah, working through those feeds like that definitely helps.
0: Okay. So what you're going to do, if you're breastfeeding, you're going to start with 10 minutes as your base for the 10 o'clock feed and the five o'clock feed. 10 minutes is really all that they need in the night. Anything Mm -hmm. beyond that. And I do find that they're not really taking in that much milk. They're more just suckling and they're using that to help them go back to sleep. So we need to start somewhere. If we're starting with 20 minutes and we're reducing from 20 minutes, that's going to take a really long time to get you down to no more milk for those two feeds. And when we take too long to do things with babies, it leaves more opportunity for them to wonder if there's another way. It leaves more opportunities for them to wonder if you're going to just give them milk again. And they just don't really know what to expect. So Although gradual can be great for some families, we do want to find that balance between gradual and not too gradual. So that's why we start with 10 minutes. So 10 minutes, you're going to start that first night. You're going to time that and unlatch after the 10 minutes. If you're bottle feeding, you can start with, let's say, five ounces. And then a couple of nights later, you're going to go to eight minutes at the breast. and four ounces in the bottle and then a couple of nights later you're going to go to six minutes at the breast all the way down to two minutes and then by the time you get to two minutes they're really not taking in much at all and you can say that they are ready for you to not feed them at night anymore for that for those two feeds so you're going to reduce those two feeds that you're cutting out until the bottle is down to one ounce Or until your breastfeeding is down to two minutes. For some families, if you find that your little one is really fighting it by the time you get down to four minutes, then you can just cold turkey it from there. And just Mm -hmm. the the following night, don't offer those feeds for those feedings that you are cutting out. And what you would want to do there is if you have done sleep coaching, you're going to want to use your sleep coaching method to get them back to sleep, bearing in mind that. You can use a little more support for those couple of nights where they're not getting milk anymore at those times that they would normally get milk at.
1: And reminding and if- yourself when you're there and you're offering that support, because you've taken that time to reduce those calories, they're not hungry. By night five, six, or night four, five, depending on where you are, or night seven, eight, depending on where you are and how it's going, they're not hungry. Once you're down to an ounce or two, or you're down to two minutes of, of breastfeeding, that they're not taking in a whole lot of calories there that they're actually hungry, they may still be waking out of habit. So although that 10 o'clock feeding is no longer a feeding, they still could wake for a couple of nights, typically, after that feeding is gone. Like Lisa said, you're going to jump in, do your sleep coaching method. And then that's how we get rid of that wake up and that, and that feeding time. But knowing that if they once you have reduced, if they still wake up, that's the habitual waking, it's not because they're hungry. So that internal dialogue, you're really going to have to work yourself through that. They're not hungry. I've reduced those calories. I know that they're not reliant on those calories. I just need to help them get through this habitual waking.
0: Exactly. When might this method not be the right fit for specific families? And what can you do if that is if the gradual reduction is not going to be the right fit for you? It's not the right fit for all families if your baby is continuously just protesting a lot every time you're trying to cut down what they're getting in the night. So like if you're doing this for five nights of reducing what they're getting and for all five of those nights, they are really not taking to the changes. Then you know that the, the gradual reduction just is not the right fit for your little one. For some families Having to get up and really focus on how long you are feeding them for can be really challenging because you have to be on during that time so that you're making sure that you're timing how long they're feeding for so that you are reducing it. If that doesn't seem like something that you are going to be able to do consistently, then it's not going to be the right method for you, because it's just going to take so much longer if it's not something you can do consistently. So what's next? Cold turkey is the other way to do it. And with cold turkey, what you would do is you would take those same two feeds, but instead of feeding at those times... The night that you decide to make the change, you're just going to get them to sleep in another way. So if you've done sleep coaching, you're going to use your sleep coaching method for those two feeds that you're not feeding for. And it's a little bit faster for them, but after a couple of nights, they are going to start to understand what that new expectation is, and they are going to adjust to the changes. So they may be a little bit more hungry that first night because they are used to, it's not necessarily that they need those calories, but it's that they're used to getting those calories at night. So it's going to be a bit of a change for their system, but get them through that and know that, you know, if you're not reducing, if you're not cutting out everything that they're getting, that they have that one feed that you're going to be giving them still and then get them through the night a few nights and they are going to start to adjust to the changes and accept all of those changes. And you're going to see a big change after that.
1: One of the challenges there is again, that internal dialogue. Um, Cause when you're working through them and through, working through your plan to get them back to sleep, if you're telling yourself they're hungry, they're hungry, they're hungry, they're hungry, they're so hungry. And now I'm not feeding my baby and all of those things uh, that can for some families cause you to go back. One of the steps that we really don't want to do is, okay, I'm going to cut them out cold turkey. I'm going to do my plan for, you know, until they're asleep. But then 20 minutes in, you're like, no, I can't do this. I think they're hungry. And then you feed them. So if you're going to go cold turkey, you really want to make sure that you are ready to be consistent. Of course, it's always going to come down to that consistency. Sometimes having a partner go in instead can be helpful. Uh, But being consistent is going to be key. Like Elisa said, it's a couple of nights. If you can get through those nights, you're going to be leaps and bounds ahead. But just be mindful that the last thing that you want to do or the thing that you really want to avoid is doing your plan for a certain amount of time and then just ending up feeding them because that's going to make it harder the next night. So stick with it and it will absolutely work. That goes for all (laughs) methods that you're using
0: (laughs) for everything when it comes to sleep and parenting you want to avoid, even for the gradual reduction, you want to avoid reducing one night and then offering them full feed the next night Mm -hmm. and then reducing again the next night and then offering them more milk. Or let's say you reduce the feed, you put them back into bed and they're up 15 minutes later and then you feed them again. That's what you want to avoid doing. You want to make sure that when you do implement anything for night weaning, that you are super consistent with what you're implementing. You follow through because that is the only way that your child is going to learn what your expectation is. If it's different every night, or if they see for their, for themselves that there is in fact another way out for them, (laughs) they are going to fight and fight and fight to get that way each time. So it's just going to prolong the process It's going to make it a lot harder on everybody because instead of just being really consistent for a few nights and then starting to see some changes, you're going to find that you're going to be going back and forth and back and forth constantly because your baby doesn't know what you want them to do. And if they don't know, if it's not clear for them what you want them to do, they're not able to do anything because they don't know. They genuinely Mm -hmm. don't know. And they, all they know is through cause and effect. What happens when I do this? Oh, this is what happens. Okay, so I just have to protest for this long. And then I'm going to get that outcome anyways. And they're not I I know we talk about this all the time. But just as a reminder, they're not manipulating you. They're not premeditating this it's not like they're doing this on purpose it's just this is all they know they know that if they fight hard enough they're going to get that way again and it's the new plan
1: it's the new plan for them Oh, okay so now the plan is I'm you're gonna do this and I'm gonna keep crying and then you're gonna feed me okay great so I'm just gonna keep waking up I'm gonna scream my head off for 20 minutes and then you're gonna feed me okay cool that's the new plan
0: so the only way that they are going to understand that they can do it is if you follow through right till the end and you get them back to sleep without
1: feeding them and you stick with it and remind yourself like nighttime, your nighttimes and what your challenges are at the moment are going to continue and can continue for months and months and can potentially get worse and worse. And three feedings can turn into five feedings or five feedings can turn into eight wakeups. So there are a lot of challenges down the road if you don't get on top of this, whereas that, again, that inner dialogue, I'm always going to come up with that. It's a week, you know, a week, a week and a half, and your nights could be a thousand times different. Um, You know, if you'd put that work into it, take that week, week and a half, really work through your plan, and you could be done with those night wakings. You could be done with a lot of those extra feedings, and you could be down to getting Great consolidated sleep for your little one. Great consolidated sleep for yourself. And not having to worry about this for months and months. Because I feel like we go into survival mode. Well, this is working. It gets us to sleep fastest. I get up, I feed them, they're back to sleep. So this gets through really quickly. And then we're not dealing with all of the extra stuff. Whereas now you are, if you're tackling night feeding, there's going to be some extra stuff that you're going to tackle as you're working through getting them back to sleep and that kind of stuff. But then you're golden. Then you have your nights. You don't have to worry about you know, months and months of not getting the sleep that you need.
0: Perfect. So that was the gradual reduction of keeping one feed. If you were to cut them off and you're ready to just night wean for all night feeds, you would do the exact same thing, either the gradual reduction or cold turkey. But instead of keeping one feed, you would be cutting out all of those feeds that they're getting in the night. So you would be reducing all of the feeds that they're getting until they're down to nothing or you would do cold turkey and not feed them at night and again they are going to adjust as long as you're consistent Mm -hmm. and i know we said a few nights and the reason why we say a few nights is because the most challenging parts of it is usually better after the first few nights they are starting to understand what the expectations are as long as you were consistent and you keep consistent they are starting to understand what the expectations are and they're really turning a corner. Things may not be perfect. And I say perfect very loosely (laughs) because we're never striving for perfection when it comes to baby and child sleep, but things are going to be, you're going to be starting to reach your goals after the first few nights. And then with a little bit more time and practice and consistency, you are going to reach those goals after the first usually week or two. If you are not reaching your goals and things are still way off track, then that's when working with somebody like us can help you tremendously because we're able to really look into the big picture for you so that we can see if there's anything there that isn't working for your child or isn't working with your family. And we're able to tweak things and pinpoint exactly what might not be working so that we can set you off in the right direction to reach those goals. So let's say now you have a child who you're really not ready for night weaning yet. You really want to keep a night feed, but your baby is busy. Your baby is aware and you've already done sleep coaching. You've already cut down what they're getting at night. And now they're only having one feed at night, but they're still waking up all willy nilly looking for milk. This can happen sometimes because babies don't really understand why they can feed one time a night and not other times. They don't know how to tell time like we do. So they can't say, okay, it's one o'clock in the morning. It's okay for me to have milk now. There, some babies are just so aware and they really, really want milk And that is what they're looking for at night. So every
1: time they wake up, their their routine is every time they wake up, they get fed. So they're just going to keep, is it time to eat? Is it time to eat? Oh, I'm awake. Am I going to eat? Am I going to eat? And it becomes a very big habit very quickly where you're feeding them, can be feeding them multiple times a night.
0: Exactly. So if this is happening to your little one, you've already tried some form of reducing what they're taking in at night. You've already tried some form of only feeding them once, but they're still waking up many times at night. First, what you want to look at is where are they having milk in their pre-sleep routine? If milk is happening directly before they're going into bed, or if they're getting drowsy with milk before bed for naps and bedtime. That is one tweak that you can make right off the bat to help your situation, because if they're really drowsy when they're having milk right before bed, if that's the last thing they're doing before they're going into bed, even if you're do if you have done sleep coaching, then they're more likely to wake up throughout the night looking for that milk because it's what they remember. It's what they feel they need to get to sleep. And we do have a podcast episode about breaking that feed to sleep association that we will, Post in the description here, but that's going to be a really important piece of all of this is to make sure that milk isn't happening directly before they go into bed so that you know that you've set that part up for them so that they're not feeling like that's what they need every time at night. If they are still waking up all the time at night and you're not ready for full night weaning or want to keep a feed, what you're going to want to look into for your next step is having that one feed that they're having be a dream feed. Mm
1: -hmm.
0: And this is so that they don't necessarily know that they're having those calories. So if you really think that they need those calories at night, you're not comfortable cutting them out, then making that feed a dream feed so that you are feeding them, you're giving them those calories at night but they aren't super aware of it. They're not calling out. They're not waking up, calling out and saying, I want milk now come and give me milk. Every time they wake up on their own, you are going to use a different way of getting them to sleep. That's not milk. So if you've done sleep coaching, you're going to use your sleep coaching method to get them back to sleep every time they've woken up on their own.
1: This is huge in reducing a lot of those extra wakings. Is it time to eat? 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 You're going in every time they wake up and pop up, you are going in and your response is going to be the exact same thing every single time. Like Elisa said, you no longer have to worry that they're not getting those calories because you've already gone in and done that feeding. So you know that they're not hungry. You can keep reminding yourself that, but the consistency of when they wake up and how they're being put back to sleep or how they're falling back asleep is going to be key in being able to reduce those wakings. Yeah,
0: because you're changing what they feel they need in the night. You're giving them the skill and the tools to be able to fall asleep without milk when they wake up. But then you're kind of sneaking those calories into them (laughs) if you feel that they really need those calories at night. So that can go such a long way in those little ones. Usually we see this happening at around seven, eight months when babies start to become really aware, but I have had babies as young as four or five months old need to have dream feeds instead of feeding upon waking just because they, their minds are super busy and they know exactly what they want when they wake up. So this is a circumstance where that is going to be your next step in Kind of finding that hoppy medium for both of you, what you're comfortable with, and then your little one so that you are giving them that consistent message each and every time they wake up on their own.
1: So here's the thing, guys. There's Like I said in the beginning, there's so many ways to be able to go through the night weaning process, whether it's cold turkey if it's dream feeds, if it's reducing at each waking, whether it's a combination, we, like I said, we've done it in all different ways. So if you've listened to this and you're like, oh gosh, I'm not sure what my plan should be. Definitely don't hesitate to reach out. If you're listening to this and you're like, woohoo, I have a plan, then yay. I'm excited to hear if you want to send us off a little update of saying, hey, I've listened to the podcast and this is how it went. And I love it. You can always reach out to us at info at restfulparenting.com and we can absolutely help guide you in that way that you feel you might need. Thank you. Thanks, guys. Bye. Thanks for joining us on today's episode. We so appreciate that you've taken that time to come and hang out with us and listen to what we have to say. If you are struggling with sleep or parenting, please know that we have loads of free information on the website um, as well as on the YouTube channel. But if after you've read through everything and you've watched those videos, if you're still struggling, know that you're not alone and that we would love to help. So be sure to check out the website, www.restfulparenting.com. You'll find the link to book your free 15-minute call right there. And if you have any comments or anything you'd like to share with us, please leave them below in the comments. We'd love to hear from you. Thanks.